welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast, where we discuss dynasty strategy, rankings, and all things NFL. So get ready to geek out on fantasy football with your host, Rich Dotson. And welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Rich Dotson, here with my fellow nerd, Matt O'Hara. Hey, hey. In the same clothes you wore yesterday. I barely. Trying to take that stress away. All I did was get up and. Smoking on a. Hey, hey. (laughs) Wow. I haven't heard that song in a long time. Hey, it's still that week. It's still the NFL draft is this week. Oh, my gosh. Giggity, giggity, goo. Amazing. My favorite time. We're going to be eating chicken wings, pizza, french fries, snacks, calories out the yin yang. You have no idea how much I'm actually looking forward to that. Uh, I'm looking extremely yeah, forward to I it. I guess you do know. Never mind. Uh, so yeah, I'm, uh, I'm pretty excited. It's a chance for me as a Browns fan to, uh, my team to take the next step, or it could be the chance for my team as a Browns fan to be a colossal failure. I will say this. If the Browns come out of this draft with Josh Allen and then like they trade out a four and then they take some other guy that I don't want some other guy, I'm going to be very, very disheartened to me. Listen, there's I'm, a lot of potential for us to be disheartened. I know there is because <laughs> we we've got a lot of picks, and, and your high your hopes are so high. As a lifelong Browns fan, I'm used I'm used to being disheartened and used to feeling bad about myself when it comes to my football love. Me but too, sir. Me to me, too. I'm going in this uh, situation like Sonny Weaver from the movie Draft Day. Slightly different. I have two notes in my pocket: one on my left, one on my right. Don't know, don't know which name is on each piece of paper. But either hand, either pocket I went into and came out with that piece of paper, I'd be okay with. All right. One piece of paper says Sam Darnold, Super Bowl, three years, crystal ball, told you so. But it had to be Sam Darnold. So I don't know what universe that was, but if it's that's a pick, we're going to Super Bowl, three years. About it. Other one, Baker Mayfield. Oh, my gosh. If we get Baker Mayfield, I'm going to be jumping up and down, high-fiving people, French kissing the so, TV. All right, so what happens if if number one overall – they get Bradley Chubb. Okay. Are you crapping your pants? Uh, I'm going, that's pretty dumb. But then I'm like, they must feel like they get the quarterback they want at four, which is totally going to be Josh Allen. I was going to say, what if it's Josh Allen? And you're like, I, um, I will hope that Tyrod Taylor plays really well and we resign him to a three-year extension. <laughs> and we have Bradley Chubb. And I want Bradley Chubb. That's another guy I really want. Right. Um, I, I knew Bradley Chubb was intriguing enough that, I, that you wouldn't, Hit the ejector button immediately, but that'd right. be pretty stupid if we did that. No, um, I, I've but I enough about me. Agree with enough you. about yep. me. Uh, oh, yeah. I, the draft is one of our favorite days. We do have a little party every year for yes, it, so we don't. People are like, "Hey, we're we getting a live draft, like live do a live show during the draft or meet up." I'm like, nah, no, uh, this Ab- is like a holiday not. for me. Yeah, this I is, will never do this. This is one of my favorite uh, days ever. Yeah, Juan and I were talking just me. the other day. How we used to just go to a bar and sit there when it was all day Saturday, basically. And just sit there like all day long and just watch eat, the draft. And watch the draft. Just eat chicken wings like literally until our, until our you know guts exploded, and then just just soaked it all in, man. It was awesome. Yeah. Now that, it's, now that it's spread out during you know three days, we still do a similar type of thing, but you we know, just do it on Thursdays. We just do it on Thursdays. So you know, we're, as we sit here and the draft unfolds over this weekend, you know, I'll be tweeting stuff out, and you know, I like to take this time personally, you know. There's plenty of time to digress, not digress, but digest all this information and how it's going to affect our dynasty roster for the rest of the year. I mean, we're going to do many podcasts on it going forward here. 
I really like to utilize this time to, at least for the first few days, to I, I put so much time into dynasty fantasy football, so much energy. When I look at every aspect of football, I, I break down the numbers. How is it going to make me a better fantasy football player? How is it going to be make me a better dynasty player? This is one time, though, where I'm like, this is all about me and my fa- being a fan of the Cleveland right, Browns. And right. Nothing else matters. I don't care. Right. No, when you're, you're, when you're doing the job that we do, um, it becomes a job. Football becomes a little bit of a job. And when you it, have to watch tape. Right. It, <laughs> it, it becomes, it, yeah. But this is pure entertainment again, which which I love. That's, what, that's one of the things that I really love about the draft. And for fans that have never been to a Super Bowl, uh, fans that have never their teams never made to a Super Bowl. I know how much it, fun it is to watch to win a dynasty fantasy football championship. Uh, if the Browns won the Super Bowl or went to the Super Bowl, I'd be walking around with duct tape around my midsection uh, for the whole two weeks prior to the festivities because I wouldn't be able to contain Why, myself. Why, Rich? I wouldn't be able to contain myself, Matthew. I'd be poking small children in the eye. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, I wouldn't be able to steer my steering wheel because it, it wouldn't turn left or right. If it did, it'd be it'd be a problem. You'd have autopilot on, is what you're saying. <laughs> I guess. My, how's that guy turning the wheel? He has both hands on his head. Why is he so happy? He is so happy. <laughs> Can we digress finally? Like like you had mentioned before, and, and it's a weird looking <laughs> unicorn. God, I didn't think those things exist. Let's get the tight end. Thank we? you. There we go. So here we are, our last podcast, our bonus podcast, strictly on the fact that we're talking rookie tight ends. Now I'm going to say this. People are saying that Hayden Hurst is got the, you know, the, he's the guy that he might be one of the first tight ends taken. Uh, for me, he's he's my fourth guy in this list. I, the way I look at it right now, we'll see how it all breaks down. There's five guys in one the draft here. And those are the five guys we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about Dallas Goddard, Mike Gesicki, mm-hmm. Mark Andrews, Hayden Hurst, and Ian Thomas. Yep. There'll be more we talk about later, but right now, these are the guys we're going to talk about. I think this is the cream of the crop. And we all know, if you're a new listener, I think tight end, to me, is one of the most important positions on your dynasty roster. Why is it most important? For It's the factor that scores the least amount of points. is because it's very top-heavy. There's only a handful of elite tight ends every year. I mean, yeah, I every mean, year, the whole league wide, not just this, not the, just this particular. The point draft. differential between tight end one, like a guy like Gronk, and tight end five, you're talking over a hundred points. You yes. know, so if you get the guy that is the man, or the two or three guys that are a man, they're just a huge difference maker on your team. And right now, the guys who are the guy, the man, it's it's Zach Ertz, it's Travis Kelsey, it's Rob Gronkowski, right. Evan Ingram's, you know, one of my top tier dynasty tight ends. When it comes to fantasy production, he's not there yet. He's my long term play, but he's not there. Um, Ricky Seals Jones is a guy that I love mm-hmm. going this year. Mm-hmm. I'm already reading reports out of just the mini camp already that whatever it is, the mandatory or uh, right. optional trade that he looks fantastic. Well, I mean, Ricky Seals Jones to he me flashed. Yeah, he flashed last year. Yeah, I think he's a fantastic buy low. Fantastic. If I need any kind of tight end help, when he me, can be had still. I mean that's that's why. Yeah. If you have a mid to late second round pick and you need a little bit of tight end help and you can flip that pick for someone who was picked off the waiver wire most likely in Ricky Seals Jones, Rich Dotson advice. Use that pick to Ricky Seals Jones. Get yourself some yeah. Ricky. 
you're just as good as drafting him here than above. I think, honestly, for me, it comes down to, uh, I mean, I love Dallas Goddard, but Ricky Seals Jones is up there. I'm telling because he's he's ahead of the curve a little bit. Right, he's flashed. Titans take three years to develop. They, they definitely do, but you know that was his rookie year, and he and he he showed big playability, man. So going back to it is if you have a really good tight end like Zach Ertz, Rob Gronkowski, Travis Kelsey, these guys give you such an edge over your opponent because it's not it's not the quarterback. Everybody doesn't have a good one. Everybody has an okay receiver. Not everybody has a good running back because they're they're harder to find, but tons of people don't have good tight ends. Oh, then, I mean, there's people in our in leagues that we're in that like they're getting five points a week out of their tight end position, and, and that's just not enough to win. That's just that's just not winning. Because right the You're problem is, like if you that. don't have that guy, then you need to be elite everywhere else. You yeah. have to have three really good receivers. Yep. You have to have two really good running backs and a good quarterback. Where if you have two good wide receivers and your number three wide receiver, say he's like a Sterling Shepard, say, somewhere on those lines, but you have that really good tight end, then you're getting those wide receiver two, wide receiver one numbers up there. Gronk will give you like wide receiver one numbers. Right. You know, Travis Kelsey will give you that's... wide receiver one numbers. Sackerts will give you high, very high-end wide receiver two numbers pretty much. So those kind of guys are your top-tier receivers. Again, it gives you an edge over your opponents that they don't have. So – when you get the championship game, for the most part, they're going to be two really good teams. They're equally stacked. That tight end could be the difference maker because that's where you get the edge on somebody. Yes, it is. So you have to about- have a few standout players, man, and, and the tight end position is a big one, a huge advantage because there's just not a lot of them. It's it's one thing I've been preaching since literally mm-hmm. since we started the podcast, something I've been preaching pretty hard is I always have to have that really good tight end. Yep. Always. It's something that and if I don't have them, I'm trying to trade for one, and I'm trying to dr- get some of these young guys that I can just mold and try and hit on them. You know, some really good up-and-coming tight ends this, you know, coming out as some of these guys get older. A guy like George Kittle, really nice upside. Big fan of George Kittle. Big fan of George Kittle. Big fan of Ricky Seals-Jones. I'm still a big fan of David Njoku. Njoku, he's got a ton of upside. Don't forget about Hunter. Oh, well, Hunter Hunter, he's not right. even... I mean, I, w- I could argue Hunter Henry should be the number two dynasty tight end off the board at 23 years old. Going into his third year. Yeah, I mean, definitely. This is After this year, I'm telling you, after this year, people are going to be talking about Hunter Henry as being tight end 1-2. I can, I'm telling you already, that's where he is. So to me, he's not upside sneaky. He's fantastic All right. already. I just wanted to mention him. Good mention. Yeah. I'll trade him to me. No. <laughs> so, all right. So, first guy we're going to talk about, a guy, he's the one tight end in this class that I give a first-round grade to. I would take at the back end of my first round every time in every rookie draft. Dallas Goddard out of South Dakota State. He's six foot four, 256 pounds, finished with 198 catches for 2,988 yards and 21 touchdowns. This is a big-body playmaker who consistently made highlight real catches, showing great hands, great body control, uh, one-handed catches, pfft, Ain't no problem. No big deal. Contested catches with people hanging on his body, like there are women following me around. No problem no whatsoever. Problem. I mean, his, his routes could use a little bit of work, but this guy's an overall big athletic receiver. I love him. I like him. I like him a lot. I think he is locked to be success. I think three years from today, they're going to be talking about Dallas Goddard as a top five dynasty tight end. So, I mean, this is another one of those type of things where obviously he's a small school guy, but what you really like is 
the flashes of excellence and and the actual production, man. You know what I mean? This is the same uh, sort of thing we were talking about last year um, with, what's his name, from the Giants. I don't know why. Evan Ingram. Evan Ingram. Um, 1,200 yards in 2016, almost 1,300 yeah. yards for Dallas Basically Goddard. 13, 1,293 Right, yards. and then and – then, over 1,100 yards this past season. So the guy has done it, man. So you know he can put up big-time numbers as long as he's, you know, he's in an offense that's going to that's really going to showcase his skills. And at this point, we have no reason to think that anyone that drafts Dallas Goddard isn't going to showcase his skills. So, I mean, it's, it you know, obviously landing spot is going to determine whether or not he's a late first or he's going to be creeping up towards – you know, pick one nine, one ten. Well, like OJ Howard did when he was picked, like what sixteenth, seventeenth overall right. in NFL draft, and now all of a sudden he's going sixth, seventh in your rookie draft. Well, I mean, I just, I just think he had a good landing spot as well. You know what I mean? They, they needed a tight end. Um, Remember last year, you had. I don't think I had him there. I think I made as my number two overall tight end. But you had Evan Ingram as your one one tight end. Absolutely. And there's again, there's nobody else I'd want more in dynasty than a guy like Evan Ingram. Right, and and and, it, and when it hit, that evaluation came down to just, you know, they used him in so many multiple ways, and then it was the the actual production that he had in in the college, in the in the college ranks, that it translates. You know what I mean for fantasy purposes, and the same thing is going on here with Dallas Goddard. That's why he's my number one guy as well. Um, and and I loved what I saw on tape. It's, the productions through the roof, back to back yards, like Matt mentioned, over eleven hundred year back to back years with over one hundred eleven yards receiving. That is good for a receiver. That's right. You're essentially what we were talking about in the opening. You know, you're getting wide receiver numbers out of your tight end, which is exactly what you want, man. That's that's what you're looking for. That's the difference makers. Yeah, I don't want. Right I don't want the all around tight end. I no. don't want the OJ Howard who could block well and catch well. Because guess what? Then they're going to ask you to block sometimes. I want the guy who can't block at all who they're going to put up in the slot. I want Evan Ingram. Split him out wide. I want Travis Kelsey. Yeah. You think they're asking Travis Kelsey to get out there and block nobody? Somebody? No, they're asking him to be their number one receiver. Exactly. Okay. So the, the the game has changed. You know what I mean? It has they, changed. And they don't need to be able to block anymore. They need to be big. They need to do mismatches. And they need to be able to move around the formation and cause mismatches all over the place. And that's what they're looking for out of these tight ends. And guess what? That's about that's all three tight ends we're about to talk about here in a row. Yep. So for me, is Dallas Goddard your tight end one? He is my he's my tight end one. He's my yep. tight end. What round grade would you give him? I think, you know, right now he's at the end of the first round. If he goes somewhere really juicy, he might creep up in a little bit, you know, 1.9 to 1.12. Really juicy. Give me somewhere juicy. Top of your head. Somewhere juicy off the top of my head. If he goes. Carolina? Carolina would be a nice place because he'd be able to, you know, make the transition a little bit with Greg Olson still there, which would be nice. Like totally with Kurt Samuel being out with the, the bone damage, ligament damage. It could be they run two tight end sets. It'd be a good spot for him. Yeah, that wouldn't be bad. Learn from one of the best. It'd be a nice spot. Am I right? That would definitely be a nice spot. Miami's man. looking for a number two receiver. They have no tight ends. They have no they, tight ends. They've been searching for tight end forever. That'd be a good spot. Miami would be a nice spot. Would New England tickle your pickle at all? New England would always tickle my pickle when it comes to tight ends because they showed it with Aaron Hernandez going two tight end sets. Yeah. Uh, I, I just, mean, there's been I a lot of Gronk news about him, you know, possibly retiring as well. And, you know, a pick like Dallas Goddard might make some sense just for the future. There. Dallas Cowboys. Dallas Cowboys would make it be a very nice landing spot. Be a nice little landing spot. I don't know about the Seattle Seahawks. 
No, I don't know about that either. And, and you know, I immediately thought of the Detroit Lions as well because, you know, Ebron never really worked out there. Ooh, that would be an interesting spot mm-hmm. as well, playing inside that dome. So either way, he's a first round. Well, we have, we're going to gonna know in, what, a couple of days? We will Tomorrow, know. yep. Whatever this podcast comes out. Great. Um, but a very good upside. There's no way, no matter where this guy lands, he, he gets out of my first round. No way. I'm with uh, you there. He's got the skills. He should be in the first round. And the only reason you shouldn't draft him in the first round is if you have – Travis Kelsey, Evan Ingram, and George Kittle. Because even if even if you have a good tight end, you still draft him because you it's good to have two good tight ends. I was going to say, I mean, there's a league where I have Hunter Henry and Evan Ingram. I think, yeah, I even picked up Ricky Seals Jones in that, and I wouldn't be opposed to taking Dallas Goddard. I think I have the last pick in the first round. If he's sitting there, I might take him. Dude, I'm in. Because you know, I, lo- I always get the tight ends. Right. Ever, I'm literally in a league where I have Travis Kelsey. Uh, no, I'm sorry, Zach Ertz. Rob Gronkowski, Evan Ingram, George Kittle, and Trey Byrne. Yeah, because, I mean, I'll be able to trade one of those other guys. I'll be able to move on for big, for heat. Yeah, but no, here's the problem. Everybody's like, dude, you got to trade one of them. So, like, my offers are crap. Yeah. And I'm like, I'll I'll just hold them. I'll hold them. I'm like, (laughs) I'm going to send these guys forever. I don't care. I'm playing best match. Good good luck, guys. None of you guys are going to have a tight end in your lineup (laughs) that scores more than two points because I got them all. Let's talk about another guy who had a fantastic combine. Blew it up. Okay. Mike Gesicki out of Penn State, six foot five, two hundred and forty seven pounds, ran a four five four. Say that again. That's a four five four oh, match. Nice. Mm-hmm. 129 catches for one thousand four hundred and eighty one yards and fifteen touchdowns. This guy destroyed the combine, showing fantastic athleticism. Forty one and a half inch vert, man. Holy Dude, cow. Dude, his catch radius is tremendous and it showed that he can make the difficult catch. He is, I mean, with his a six foot five, two forty seven, he's he's a lean two fit two forty seven. Uh, he's essentially a giant. He's Evan Ingram. Uh, I don't see that on tape because I think he blocks a little bit better than Evan Ingram. He's a little bit more physical so than I, Evan Ingram I, was. I wrote, I was, I was thinking that he, like when I watched him block, he struggled blocking, and I thought he wasn't that physical at all. Even in an open field, I didn't, I thought I was a little. I wrote down that I was not really impressed with his physicalness. I mean, Evan Ingram, I think, was probably played closer to two thirty seven last year. Though, I mean, Evan Ingram is pretty. I mean, sorry, his his senior year in college or his last he, year. Well, in college. We, we said he was a big receiver the whole time. Exactly. This playing tight end. Our, our only concern with him was like, will they move him receiver? Right. He no longer plays tight end. They so I, I think I think I think Jacecki is. He's settled in at the tight end. I think that's where he's going to play. I think he's big enough where he'll be asked to block a little bit. But like you said, I think I think he's best off in the passing game. Yeah, I saw I saw him when he had some like good DNs going against him. He really struggled there. Um, but again, I'm fine with that because when he when he did the combine, I told you and I were very pleasantly surprised because we didn't know how he was going to come off athletically. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it turns out this guy's just an athletic freak. Yeah. Then, it, mm-hmm. then I saw some basketball tape on him. The the bas- that's what I was I was literally just getting ready to say, man. The, some of the dunks and stuff that he was pulling off. He's uh, sick. Yeah, he's pretty. He's a very good athlete. This guy could pass. This if if Mike Kosicki's the number one tight end that comes out of this draft class, I'm not shocked about it. You mean that? Oh, okay. It, it, like if we look down the road and we say, "Wow, hey, yeah, Jacecki tore it up." One. Yeah, yeah. I I love the influx that we're having though. Some good, you know, after last year's class of getting. Kittle and Joku, mm-hmm. Howard and Ingram, and now we're going to offset it with Mark Andrews, Gasicki, and Goddard. It's a nice influx of young talent, and showing that you know 
some of these big guys that can't play receiver because their speed's not necessarily there. They're coming in to play a position of need that we need that's been lacking in the NFL of big playmakers. We're so now all of a sudden we're seeing the most talented guys that aren't in line tight ends that like to play a little bit more out that play in the slot and don't aren't asked to black as Mel as much. And then you bring in that kind of guy like the Browns did this year uh, with Darren Fels, just strictly block, straight up blocking. And, and you have yeah. Njoku as a receiving yeah. tight end. So what are, what are your thoughts on Gasicki? I'm, I'm a, I'm a big fan, man. I, th- I think we kind of already laid it out there. I think he, He's got a plenty of athleticism to 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 you know run down the seams and go kind of crazy. It seems like they used him a lot on crossing routes and stuff like that and and shorter routes. Um, but that his, his I, ups were sick. Yeah, I, I just think that might have been a product of their offense as well. I mean, him and uh, Hamilton, uh, Deshaun Hamilton, were kind of just running a lot of crossing routes, a lot of stuff uh, close to the line of scrimmage. So I, I don't know if that was a product of just the system that they ran or what. But he definitely has the athleticism to get downfield. Um, so yeah, I, I, think, I like I like his upside a lot. I think he is going to be a much better pro than he was in college. I think so too. I think he was. I think he was limited. So by Penn State, there for me, grade wise for rookie drafts, there's no way that he gets out of the top from two four, like right below that. Like I'm comfortable taking him at two one, two two, two three. Like I said, if if I'm picking one one and I take Saquon Barkley and my receivers are good mm-hmm. and I could use a tight end, mo- in most drafts Dallas Goddard probably be there. We give him a first round grade, but every mock draft I see does not give him a first round grade. Right. I'm getting Gasicki or Goddard. One of the I other. want one of these yeah. guys, and, and that's fine. I I think, you know, obviously the both of our preference would be to get Dallas Goddard, but I would feel pretty good getting Gasicki as well. I would feel very good mm-hmm. about getting Gasicki. Um. So moving on to another guy. Is it Gusicki or Jusicki? I keep I, I Gusicki. Okay. Right. So you pronounce it G U H hyphen sick. Sick hyphen E. Got it. So Gusicki. Um next guy, Mark Andrews out of Oklahoma, six foot five, two fifty six, runs a four five eight. Uh, had 112 career receptions for 1,765 yards and 22 touchdowns. This was a guy that, you know, when we did our pre- way too early mock draft that I went hardcore on, Mark Andrews, how mm-hmm. I loved him. He was my first-round grade. Now he's my third tight end in the class. Uh, but, again, not too far off. This is a guy that was – he didn't – listen, if we're talking about a guy who doesn't play tight end consistently as a tight end, this is Mark Andrews. He lined up in the slot almost – Almost entirely. exclusively, yep. Exclusively. He was a wide receiver until his junior year of college. So he was a wide receiver before and He's only been playing tight end for two years. This makes his blocking attempts very, very limited. But he scored mad touchdowns. But, but he looks really natural run. running routes and catching passes now, yeah. doesn't he? So mm-hmm. he caught a touchdown one every five catches. All right? Now he's not overly explosive, but that's why they moved him in his, you know, his routes weren't fantastic. But that's why they moved him to tight end from being a receiver. Right. He that's what they did to Evan Ingram. Yeah, I agree. Um, it, it's I, I think Evan Ingram was a more fluid athlete. Oh uh, yeah, I, that. So I don't. I don't want. I don't want people to think that we're comping the no, two. No, no, no. But I'm, I'm talking about the move they did. Remember yes, Ingram was yes, that. Yes. But uh, yeah, when you're saying he's not, he's like tighter in the hips. He's definitely tighter in the hips. Way not more fluid that way. He's very clunky when it comes to like something along those lines um and by clunky it's mean like uh, i'm trying to think of like but, but tight ends can tight ends can be clunky yes. and still be effective i mean he's and, very effective yeah 
I mean, look at look at Witten nowadays. He's been clunky for the past like ten years, I feel like, but he always gets open and he always catches passes and he's always moving the chains and he's a really important piece of the offense there in in Dallas. So I think Jasicki, similarly at OU, I mean, he he made a lot of catches. It seemed like that were moving the chains and and went for first downs and stuff like that. So he's not he's not going to be a guy that you're throwing. 30 yards down the field too. I mean, he's not that kind of tight end, but I think, I think he can be a really high volume type of tight end and, and move the chains for people and keep the offense rolling, which is a really important thing. I mean, that's a big thing for tight ends to do in the, in the NFL. And if he gets, if he gets that kind of role, he's going to be a huge asset for your fantasy team. And that's really what, what it boils down to. I see all three of these guys being contributors. Yeah. Um, Closer to the two-year window than the three-year window on these guys as well, but we'll see because it's kind of. I mean, remember that's that's exactly how Hunter Henry came into the game too, and we're but now he had Antonio Gates ahead of him, right? Because we we did the same thing. His hands were locked in. He ran good routes. Big body receiver, kind of. Um, I put I actually put Hunter Henry more similar to Gasicki than a guy like Mark Andrews, but in a guy like Dallas Goddard, but that's where he was. It still takes time to develop. So I like Mark Andrews two in the right system because again the tight end has got to be in the system that utilizes that tight end mm-hmm. and i think mark andrews mike Kosicki, and dallas goddard are all extremely very good assets you want on your roster i think goddard's in the first round i think the other two are locked in in the second round um wouldn't be surprised though to see i want to see because i see him i see andrews slipping a little bit in the nfl draft like the third fourth round somewhere around there because he's not as athletic as Goddard and as a guy like Kosicki and even maybe a guy like Hayden Hurst. But I do see him having the upside there where he might slip to the third round of your rookie draft, like very high. And I've seen a lot of mocks. I've participated in a lot of mocks, and I've been I've done a lot of mocks or read a lot of mocks. Right. And it seems like you get Mark Andrews pretty consistently right there at like 3-1, and that's where he's going a lot, like 3-1, 3-2. And we mentioned that's just great value, right and there. So if you come on this draft with uh, Saquon Barkley, Anthony Miller, and Mark Andrews, I think you hit a home run on yeah, all aspects of it. Yeah. And that'd be my ideal situation entering this draft. If as a person that had one one, hey, can I get Saquon, like Anthony Miller? Got you know maybe Anthony Miller somewhere in there, and then a guy like Mark Andrews. I am extremely happy because he's filled three major holes on my major roster. holes but with guys that, that just came dead you last. could actually see in your starting lineup three years from now three you know starters. That, yeah that's where you that's where that's where you go from when you had the worst team from winning to losing that's where it starts right there a draft like that now obviously it's got to pan out because a lot of things look we were talking about adam shaheen last year in the same kind of aspect with the with the rawness and upside and being out of toledo or uh not Toledo, but uh, Ashland University, Ashland, yep. where he's going to take a lot of time. And then they go out and sign Trey Burton to a lucrative contract. Well, now we're going to wait to see Adam Shaheen for until 2021, probably at best. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that statement about Shaheen. And, and you know what, I, I kind of had him in the back burner anyway, just because before they signed Burton, just because it, it was such a huge jump, man. Mm-hmm. And we didn't we didn't like see a ton out of the guy this past nope. year anyway. So. Where we did see a ton of George Kittle at the end yep. of the year. Definitely sure when uh, Garoppolo stepped in. Yep. Let's talk about our next guy in here. Hayden Hurst out of South Carolina. Six foot four, 250 pounds. Uh, career stats had a hundred catches for 1,281 yards. That's over three years. Even though in 2015 he only had eight catches for 106 yards. Stat-wise, 
He was consistent the past two years, around you know forty-five catches for right around six hundred yards. But still, I mean, this is remember this is the difference between you know those are normal tight end numbers: forty-four catches, five hundred fifty-nine mm-hmm. yards. Like oh, that's pretty solid. When Goddard's out there catching eleven hundred yards. Yeah, I mean, he, yeah, and Andrews had almost a thousand yards last year um, as well. He had like nine hundred eighty something. So this is a guy who's not a go afraid to go over traffic. He ran a four-six-seven, so he's not fast. No, he's not fast, but I mean, four-six-seven for a tight end's. I don't put him in the slow category. No, not for a tight end. Not that, for being. That's the same. Not for that's, that weight. Yeah, I mean that's the same as Mark Andrews. So. So I, I mean, this guy, physically, has got what you're looking for. His hands are fantastic. You know, he's only dropped one ball over the last three seasons. Um, I did not know that, but yeah. I I know that this guy he's an intriguing prospect, right? So he uh-huh. he's older, uh, like we like we mentioned on uh, a couple podcasts ago. <laughs> It's about when I get to my negatives. It's a huge because he played baseball. He played baseball. Yep. So my biggest problem with Hayden Hurst is he's 24 years old, and he's going to turn 25 before the season starts. And that's and that's old. So you're looking at five five years before his decline. You know what I mean? And, and you're, we mentioned it takes three years for tight ends. So he played baseball. So he's still learning the position, right? Right. So he still learned that, and then it takes time to get the NFL and learn, which is usually a three-year window. So you're looking to get production out of him when at he's age 28, of 28 and then you get it from 28 30, to 31. Yeah. I mean, right? To so, me, it's a, he's he's good for this. Falls in the category if he's good for the NFL team, he's definitely not right for my dynasty roster. He's he's going to be a hard guy to draft. I mean, I if I if I saw him sitting around in the fourth round, I would maybe take a gamble on the guy. And, and feel all right because I, I like his athleticism. The guy lined up literally everywhere. He, he lined up as a traditional tight end in the slot, out wide, in the backfield. I liked his aggressiveness when he was a blocking, when he was used in the blocking, uh, used as a blocker. Excuse me. And he, they even like got him, got him balls on sweeps and stuff like that. He ran the ball and was effective doing that. So he's he's fast enough to get down the seams. He has, he, like you mentioned, he catches the ball really well. So there's a lot to like with the guy, but yeah, can't block. Uh, I didn't think he was that. I, I like his aggressiveness. I didn't yeah. think he was horrible. He tried. He yeah. showed the ability there, but he, 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 technique wise, it's just not right. There yet. His technique is not. His there. routes are sloppy because they're just not there yet. So the intrigue again is upside. I think his athletic ability presents some nice upside, but by the time he realizes it, like we said, he might be 28 years old. I. Th- He's going to get – listen, where he gets drafted in the NFL draft is going to cause him to get drafted higher in your rookie draft than he should. Because, so because of that, he won't be around in the fourth round when I'd feel comfortable taking no. him. I wouldn't be opposed to I – think, I think only because I think that two-year window – think Julius Thomas, right? Julius Thomas was highly productive for two yeah. years in Denver yeah. pretty much. Definitely. Yeah. Those two years. And if he gets in the right, yeah, if he gets with the right quarterback who likes featuring tight ends or something like that, it could be a really good three, it, four it, years. It could be, you know, he could be moved along a little bit quicker. Who knows? I mean, he might be, you might get a good year from his 27th birthday until his 30th, and then you're looking at, you know, three, four years of production. But just know in August, he turns 25. Right. And 25 is a young buck. Not but in, in dynasty football. fantasy football, yeah, you're kind of it's kind of like dog ears. Yes, it is. Buzz's girlfriend. <laughs> Woof. All right, next guy, Ian Thomas out of Indiana, 
He's six foot three, 259 pounds. Uh, he's only 21 years old. Now, production wise, he's only got 28 catches for 404 yards. 2016, he had three. He played at community college in 2014, 2015. In 2017, he had 25 catches for 376 yards and five uh, touchdowns. Five touchdowns. So I mean, five touchdowns out of 25 catches. That's a that's a pretty decent rate there. Yeah. Um, makes him a, a you know a halfway decent red zone threat right out of the right out of the gates, I guess. Um, he tracked he tracked the ball pretty pretty good. He has pretty decent athleticism, even though he only ran a four seven in the forty. His size is what you like. Right. I mean, it's it's hard to watch because like his quarterback wasn't good, his offensive line wasn't good, yeah, he, the rest I of mean, the team wasn't good. He played in Indiana. I mean, yeah. the whole team kind of stinks. So he doesn't have a lot of experience because he's raw. But I mean, again, like you said, the size are like, ooh, okay. The size. I mean, the the touchdown rate. You know, I mean, you, you if you get this guy up to fifty catches, is he gonna he'll he's gonna land right at the double digit touchdowns. Which which is pretty decent, you know. I mean that that's that's pretty good production. Runs a right four there. six five, which is good. I thought it was why uh, did I why did I have four seven? I have combine four six five. Oh, all right. Uh, when watch him though, like he was pretty for a guy who's pretty raw, right? And he's only essentially played one year of full college football. Uh, I thought he was like a pretty smooth runner yeah no he, he's a good athlete yeah i think that that's what um that's why he landed on this list for me i know that he had a, a pretty decent week at the senior bowl as well so you know that was his his time to shine kind of with with the big boys so to speak because i mean indiana i mean obviously they played against some top some top-notch talent there in the big 10 but uh, i mean i think the expectations of an indiana player are somewhat lower than you know some of the other big 10 schools so I thought he did a good job blocking for what he could, you know, as a temp there. Like, he looked better than Hayden Hurst blocking. Uh, again, as a runner, it, the the tape was so few far between, but I I saw the light in there. I give him a fourth-round grade. Yeah, I mean. An upside. Right. I'm, I'm looking back at some of the notes uh, on Ian Tom, Thomas from the Senior Bowl. And, you know, a lot of the times he was, he was the best tight end out there. So, I mean – Unfortunately, guys like Dallas Goddard weren't there and participating um, because he, I think he had a hamstring injury. But you know, it's it was enough that it caught my eye and and I wanted to dig deep and dig deeper on this guy. And you know, he's intriguing, fourth round, fifth round type of guy in mm-hmm. in your draft. Right yeah. around there. You know, if I if I had him a late pick in the fourth round, I'd feel all right getting um, Ian. So okay, yeah. So I mean. He's going to be mentioned because he's somebody you should draft for sure. And there'll be a couple other guys on here we're going to talk about as well, uh, but we'll get to them. Right. Jordan Atkins, Troy uh, Fumagalli. Fumagalli, and then mm-hmm. uh, Durham Smythe, uh, I guess, is notable. I yeah, guess, he's, Notre Dame. he's not bad. There's a yeah. guy that out of uh, Central Michigan. Tyler uh, Conklin. Tyler Conklin. Yeah. Uh, Will Disley out of Washington. Uh, Dalton Schultz out of Stanford. He's six foot five, two 244. Uh, runs a four seven five, so not overly fast or anything, but he was a two year starter there, um, and he kind he's like kind of a traditional Stanford tight end. But yeah, they pump know. one of those out every year. I feel yeah. like. So this tight end class is it's top heavy. Yeah, those bottom the, week. Yeah, those those top three guys are really the the best of the bunch. There, those are the guys I'd be targeting, and and literally the only guys I'm 
most likely to target. I mean, not, I won't feel bad if I don't get Hayden Hurst or Ian Thomas, Ian Thomas at all. But I wouldn't like if I got him. I'm like, okay, I like the upside, right? But exactly. I don't expect anything anytime soon out of those guys. They're long term plays. It's definitely where I'm expecting help in minimum 2019 uh, for Goddard, Kasicki, and Andrews. Yep, I'm with so. you there, man. That's it. That's it. We finally broke down all the guys we want to talk about before uh, the NFL draft, which is this week. So now as the draft comes upon us, make sure you you enjoy it. Yeah, man. Times. If you want to talk about the draft coming up, you can hit me up on Twitter at Dynasty Rich. I'm at Dynasty Matt. Hit up the site at Dynasty Nerds. Make sure if you need anything from the site, get to DynastyNerds.com every day. We have mad, mad rookie profiles. So if you oh, missed yeah. anything, they're on there. And we are going to work on uh, something for next year and in the future. I think we want to work on something where – all the stuff we talk about, we want to put on a digital form on the site for Nerd Herd members. We're basically working on some things for the Nerd Herd. Like, we got people that donate every month to Nerd Herd now to be Nerd Herd members. We want to turn it into something instead of just something you donate to to make it an actual thing. We want to like we want to solidify the Nerd Herd into something. Um, and we want to give you access to, like, everything we talk about here into word form so you can read it, too. So we have an access like that as well. So one of the things we're working on for the Nerd Herd members um, hopefully when we do launch that, everybody become a Nerd Herd member. Sweet. That's the goal, at least, That's right? That's the idea. And maybe extra podcasts, mm. like this one. Oh. First time we did an extra podcast, two a week. Uh, what if you had two of those every week? Huh. And one, the second one is strictly just to make your Dynasty team that much better. Well, I feel like it, they all make your Dynasty team better, but the second one would be a bonus. But this week, our focus is... I'm making our NFL teams better. So good luck to you and your team. I hope they all do very well, just slightly worse than the Browns. Because <laughs> we uh, need all the help we can get. Yeah, please just bear with me here. I've, I'm, I'm 38. and Come on. We've got to get something if, somewhere soon. If I die without seeing an AFC championship game, then is this life worth living? Yes, it definitely was. I mean, granted, i got to see Bernie in AFC championship games. But listen, I was young. That doesn't. That was, that was lives. Ago. I was young, and we. I thought that was going to happen every year. <laughs> Little did I. Twenty five years, thirty years. Yeah. Jesus Christ, long time. Yeah, it was 30, thirty years, years later, ago, bro. Dude, mm-hmm. now I'm depressed. Yep. Well, good luck. I can't wait. You can't wait. We'll be back next week. If you want to leave us a rating review on iTunes, that'd be fantastic. If you don't, well, we can't be friends anyways. <laughs> See you later. Adios. Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. Make sure to check us out at DynastyNerds.com for up-to-date Dynasty insight. And follow us on Twitter at Dynasty Nerds.